a Podcast One production. Hey guys, you're listening to Crappy to Happy. I'm Cass Dunn. I'm a clinical and coaching psychologist, mindfulness meditation teacher, and author of the Crappy to Happy books. In this series, we look at all the factors that might be making you feel crappy and the tools and the techniques that will help you overcome them. In each episode, I introduce you to interesting, inspiring, intelligent people who are experts in their field, and my hope is that they will help you go from crappy to happy. In today's episode, I am talking to Christina Carlson, who is the founder and creative director of Kiki K, the global Swedish design and stationery business that we all know and love. Christina has always been a believer in following your dreams, and she recently released her book, Your Dream Life Starts Here, to inspire others to dream big and go after their dream life. We had a really interesting conversation about finding your why and the importance of dreaming. You can't help but be inspired by this woman. I walked away from the conversation inspired and motivated to dream bigger and live a bigger life. I know that you are going to love this episode. So you were 22 when you first had the idea or the vision to create a Swedish-inspired stationery store and to have these stores all around the world. I would love to hear, like, what led you to that? What, where did that come from? Yeah, so I was actually 22 when I arrived to Australia. Mm. And when I arrived to Australia, I met my partner, Paul, in Austria in a ski resort. And I came here, you know, thinking I'll stay for a year, you know, see how it was. It's, you know, it's the other side of the world from, from Sweden. So I wasn't really sure. Then I loved, um, I loved being in Melbourne. I loved being in Australia and I loved Paul. So I thought I am going to stay here. And, um, if I was going to stay here, I had to do something I really loved. And that took me a few years to work out what that was. Okay. So that was like the crappy part of, uh, even when I'm saying that, it's I had a lot of great time during that time, but it was a searching time. And um, and I think I was around 25 and I uh, I had to go home a couple of times. My little brother was sick in cancer, so I had to go home oh. urgently a couple of times. So it was a bit of a challenging time in, in a lot of different ways. And also to making that decision, and this is before internet, it's hard to believe, especially if my kids don't understand that there was a life before internet. <laughs> but um, it was really, um, a, a really quite difficult time to kind of work out what I was going to do. You know, what was I going to stay here, or and if I was, what I was going to do. And then from there, I did a lot of searching, and I, I, I first came um, actually started working in the travel industry because one of my passions was travel. I um, realised that travelling was great for uh, for myself, but not booking other people's travel. <laughs> so I moved on from that, and that's when I. Um, I uh, woke up one morning at 3am and uh, I woke up my partner, I think for the fifth time that night, asking what am I going to do with my life? And he was a little bit over me, you know, comp- complaining and winching quite a bit. So he said, why don't we write down what's important to you? And at 3am, um, he turned on the light and, and uh, gave me a piece of paper. And this is what I call my first dream, you know, putting my dreams on paper. On, and on that paper, I had that I wanted to drive to work every single day and absolutely loving what I was doing. And I have to say that I was excited to drive here today because I love I love being part of this so thank you I wanted to have a my business I, I wanted to have a business on my own I wanted to have a connection with Sweden I wanted to um 
uh, work with Swedish design because that was one of my passions and then I wanted to make $500 a week and that's what um, that was my little first dream list and then I looked at that list and I thought if I'm going to have my own business I have to have a beautiful home office and um, you know I love being organized I love um, planning all that kind of stuff love a good to-do list but back then there wasn't anything available so I was kind of you know I was like oh this is so boring and then I got super excited and I thought I know exactly what I'm going to do and I went home to Paul and I said I'm going to open beautiful Swedish design stores around the world in my favorite cities being London, Paris, New York etc. So that's how it started so it started being you know not feeling great and you know really um, really um, working on what I was going to do with my life and um, and here I am. Here you are. Did you manage to make the $500 a week? I did. <laughs> but that was the hardest one, actually. Was it? Yeah. You know, it's, to start a business is, um, sounds great on paper, but it doesn't always turn out the way it is. No, and we will get to that. <laughs> but what I love about that story is that you obviously, what it came down to was getting very clearly connected to what was most important to you personally. Yeah. Like not what would be a good business or what, not what would be profitable or smart or sensible, but what really you valued and what mattered. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, um, I've just written a book, Your Dream Life Starts Here. And I actually encourage everyone to really start with a dream in terms of, I always ask five questions. What would you do if you couldn't fail? If you had all the money, the resources, the knowledge and the energy um, to do whatever you wanted and no one told you you couldn't do it because I think we are so influenced by our peers, you know, social media, parents, schools, whatever it is, and actually started to dream, like, if you could do anything in life, what would you actually do? And um, and the, uh, when you think that versus goals, I think you just, you just get to um, more what is um, important in your heart versus yes. just your head. Yeah. I think that still people find that a really challenging question. I think people still even unconsciously there's that block that comes up straight away. Well, what what would you do if you couldn't fail? Well, what do you mean? Like, of course I might fail. You know, there's always that <clears throat> logical. So how do you break, how did you, for a start, like break through that and just back yourself? Yeah, really? but I think it's a practice. You know, dreaming is like, you know, like meditation. Yes. You know, the more you do it, the more the more better, better you get. And also the more you're dreaming, the more dreams you have. Like, I feel like, you know, wherever I am, I always have my, you know, I'm sitting here with my notebook in case there's a dream <laughs> coming up or, or a thought that I want to capture. But um, it, it's it's very similar to, to any practice that you're doing. And um, and the more you do it, the better you become. And And I really do believe that if you are taking some time and, and uh, you know, I was listening to one of your podcasts on the way here about not being busy, we are mm. so, so connected all the time and actually starting to take some time. So take some of your tips on the, on that podcast with, you know, I don't know what it was called, but not being busy. Escape the cult yeah, of busy. Exactly. That was our very first episode. Yeah, <laughs> it was just really, um, you know, it's just so, it's just so common everywhere and people don't actually have time to be bored. So actually starting with that and actually remove yourself a little bit and actually take some time to dream, even if it's just 10 minutes to really think about, you know, if I could um, think about my whole life, if, if I was sitting here at the end of my life, what would I like to have achieved in terms of not just achieved in terms of business and, and career, but also what kind of person do I want to, what, you know, would I be proud to say that I yeah. was? Um, and what do I want to fit in? Because I think so many people realize that too late. And now I'm referencing um, uh, Bronnie Ware, um, mm. who wrote the book, The Five Regrets of the Dying. I think that's the right title. And um, I, um, 
I love that book because it was so it's it just feels so real and so many people realize too late that they they regrets or or they wish they did something different and um, and the I think number one regret in her book is um, that people um, wish they lived a, a life true to themselves yes so I think if you read that and if you think about you know that life is no not going to be forever you know what would you actually do and I think those kind of questions really gets to your heart versus but you need to kind of be a bit more present and you need to kind of disconnect a little bit to actually get to that space um but once you do i think i think um you, you know it's a really um it's a really worthwhile time yeah. to, to spend and, and one of my one of my mentors um or my, one of my coaches in the past is robin sharma and oh, uh, really yeah, and he um he told me once um uh, i don't know if he got it from someone else or he, he just said never waste a good crisis you know when you actually are feeling not so great, it's a really good opportunity to actually take some time to think, you know, if I want to feel good, what do I need to do? And um, and put some some um, things in your life um, that um, that will make you happy. That's fantastic advice. Never waste a good crisis. Mm. And so for anybody who doesn't know, Robin Sharma is obviously famous for The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari was one of yeah. his best-selling books. Yeah. And he's got another He just came book. out with a book yeah. like a few days ago, yes. uh, which I'm reading now, which is great. It's called The 5am Club. Yes, and I need very, to get that yeah, one. And I love it because um, I'm very much a early morning person Me and I love, I love that because I think if you start getting up early you have that time to actually really connect and most people um, don't are not interrupted in the morning like you know at night or so many other you know um, other people's agendas especially if you have children and family etc. I loved what you said about disconnecting and taking some time to be quiet and to be still I think that I mean, that's critical, isn't it? We live in this world, as you know, as we've talked about on the show before, we're hyper busy, mm. always doing, always ticking off, but never actually stopping to think about, is this at the end of the day, what is really important to me? Mm. Or is this my own agenda or somebody else's? I also love what you said about the stationery was kind of, it wasn't the main game plan. It was the, it came to you as a side note almost yes. like if I'm going to run a business I need stationery oh yeah. well I'll make stationery yeah the business yeah so sometimes it, you know it um and I think so many people say you know that they don't know what to do but sometimes that search is is part of it yeah. and um and uh, it, it does take time if everyone knew exactly what they were going to do it everyone will be doing it yeah. so so you kind of really have to understand that the um that the it's part it's a process um and not just something that just comes up and then it's done um, and i still feel like you know i'm constantly constantly uh you know asking myself is this what i want to do you know in terms of all the stuff that i'm doing you know is this what i you know next year what do i want to do versus um this year and i always reflect on my year and you know um, it's in the book as well where i encourage people to really think about you know if they could leave this this year again what would they have done differently because that often gives you some indication what maybe should be focused on next year and I try to always live a different year each year in terms of I always try to add something or remove something and um, it could be um, adding a great new habit or remove uh, one that you don't like as much or um, it could be that you know I'm doing a course or it could be that I'm you know using a new coach or whatever it is so I always try to do something different each year so one of the other reasons that I wrote the book was one of my dreams is to inspire 101 million people to write down three dreams and then go and chase them. And I want to do that because I feel that I meet way too many people who are not living their dream life or their best life. 
And um, I do think that if we all do something that we love and something that, you know, is your dreams, that your authentic, real dreams, then that would make the world a better place because we will all love what we're doing and then that will inspire other people to love what they're doing and that will be, have a beautiful ripple effect. And as part of the book, I, uh, we are, as part of the book, we are also giving away a US dollar per book sold um, to Dr. Tara Trent, who was Oprah Winfrey's all-time favorite guest. And she's an extraordinary uh, inspiration. She grew up in a very challenging culture and uh, we brought her to Australia because I feel that if you hear her story, anything is possible. And uh, because, you know, sometimes we, uh, we think that our life is not perfect to live our dream life. If you look around and look at all these people who have transformed and uh, we took Dr. Tara Trent that Dr. Tara Trent that um, started with a dream. Someone asked her, what are your dreams? So one of my other dreams is to uh, sell a million copies because I'm giving a US dollar per book sold to her foundation because she got $1.5 million from Oprah yes. to start schools. She's now started 11 schools, but she needs to sustain them. So if we can all um, contribute to that, um, that is one of my dreams. So I'm working hard on that. I don't know how to do that yet. No idea. Good good for you. I love that. And in fact, I, I listened to your podcast interview with yep. Dr. Tara Train, and it is a fascinating story. Mm. She's a remarkable, mm. remarkable woman. I'd encourage people to listen to that. Mm, thank you. Uh, and yeah, and I love that this idea of having a purpose in life, I think it's so often, it is always about using our gifts and our resources and our experiences or perspective for the greater good, yeah. to, to give something back. That's when we're really kind of on purpose in life. So I love that you have that vision, not just to inspire people with the book, but then to use the, the, the funds from the book to, to contribute to something yeah. even bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And out of that comes so many other great things. You know, I get to meet so many amazing mm. people and get to inspire so many people. So there's a really, um, it's really nice synergy. So Christina, when we talk about finding your why, you know, your reason for doing whatever it is that you do, what, what was your why or what is it and has it changed? Well, in the beginning, it was my why was all my 3M list. But as I, um, you know, developed the business and um, and Kiki K was born and you know we we you know I was focusing on all the things that was important to me. I realised that um, after a while that we we needed to have a why for the whole business, not just for me. So we I worked we worked on our purpose and our purpose at Kiki K is to inspire and empower people to live their best life. And we do that under four words, and these are very much the words that come from my heart. So this is what I live and breathe. Uh, in my private life as much as Kiki K. And that's why I love what I, what I do because um, if I read a book or if I do something in my private life, it kind of translates straight to Kiki K. So it's like I live and breathe the Kiki K Perfect. culture, which is, which is what you really want to mm. do if you can. So for me, um, it all starts with dreaming. So we have four words under, um, under our purpose. And number one is dreaming because I really think if we all st- started there versus um, setting goals, you know how, how we, if we look at goals for next year you often look at where you are today and then you stretch yourself a little bit or or might focus on something that is a little bit out of your comfort zone or a little bit out of of the ordinary but if you actually stop and start dreaming 
I'm thinking if I couldn't fail, if I had all the money, the resources, the knowledge and the energy, what would I actually do? And I think that is such a powerful start. So um, number the word number one is dream. And then we go to do because the dreams are only as good as the action you take, of mm. course. So we need to take action. We need to set goals around all your dreams so to make sure that they happen. And I can I always add one more thing. I love dreaming because you actually don't have to make all your dreams come true if you don't want to. So you can actually be really abundant with your, um, with your dreaming. You can dream about anything, you know, where do you want to live and where do you want to, you know, how much do you want to make or whatever it is. Dreaming is really powerful. And then the doing is obviously all about making those dreams happen that you choose to. And then the uh, third word is enjoy. I really do believe that... Um, every day needs to be lived. So I love big dreams and big, you know, really big stretchy goals, but it's about every day as well. So enjoying every day. And it's also about recharging. So uh, enjoy for me has two things. It's about recharging so I could do all the big full things, uh, but it's also about enjoying the little things in life. And I think they are the one, the little things in life, when you look back, it's the ones that you're going to remember. Like for me, that could be... um, to have a cup of tea and journaling, write cards. I used to be, um, when I travel, I often go to like a beautiful wine bar. I don't do it as much um, um, uh, at the moment because I did a year with no alcohol this Ooh, year, which is an interesting I'm one. I'm doing that. Oh, yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so... Um, but I used to um, used to love a glass of red wine and sit and write a card and uh, really uh, enjoy that process or get up early, go for a walk and take some cards and sit in a cafe. So really about recharging, but also doing things that you love. And for me, that's also reading lots of books and, um, you know, have Sundays as a non-booking day with I have no, no plans on Sunday. So that's about enjoying. And the last one is share. And I really believe that we all have something to share, regardless where we are in life. So even if you're starting, you know, starting into your career and you're quite young I think there is always someone someone behind you that could could get some support and there's always um, the people less fortunate than us and what can we share you know we all have a, a unique story we're all very unique so what can we do to to share and make the world a better place and I've always felt like I've been a, a sharer so these are all the words that is really important to me and I always as soon as I read something I'm like oh I need to get that for that person and always like to share and that's really much part of the um, Kiki K philosophy because we are um, are whatever we come across we always want to share that so content you know products and books or you know all the tools that we are using ourselves we are sharing with our community I love that. I'm I'm writing a book myself. It's just just finished. I've written two books this year and one of them is about crappy to happy how to love your work. Yep. And one of the things that I have said in there is that m- the more that you can who you are outside of work aligns with who you are at work, mm. then the happier and more fulfilled and the more successful that you will be and that's exactly what you just said, you know, who yeah. you are just shines through the whole company yeah. philosophy and culture and therefore you just it's not work life and home life, no. it's just life. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really, it's a really good one to really, you know, to really, um, to really find your values. And I have that in exercise in my book as well. To really, to really, there's a few different ways of finding your values. But I sometimes find when people are thinking about values, they think of all the the values they maybe should have, not yes. what they really have. And um, and I love Dr. Dean Martini. I don't know if you've come across him, but he has a values test, which is a free tool online. It's also in the book. And um, uh, that one when I'm referencing his tool and. Um, 
I think what we really want to spend time on and what we really um, like doing and what we think about and do most of the time, even when we're busy, they are often our values. So for me, that's like reading. I always have time to read wherever I am and whatever I'm doing. I always, um, so learning is one of my highest values. Yeah. I remember doing that uh, Dr. John Martini's values exercise a long time yes. ago when I first started with life coaching. And it can be quite eye-opening when you actually yeah. really think about, you ask somebody what their values are and they'll say, oh, well, of course my health and my family and, yeah. and how do you spend your time and how yeah. do you spend your money and how do you spend your and then we see what really matters absolutely and sometimes sometimes um, uh, you know I because I often get people asking you know how about you know I don't really want to spend a lot of time on Facebook but I'm, I'm doing it but that's kind of removing yourself a little bit about taking away that instant gratification yeah. things you know because that's more of an addiction versus the true the real yeah so I think that's because a lot say well my values is not Facebook and I'm like, no, it's not probably, <laughs> unless there is an interest in there um, that that you are looking at versus just following people's comments or whatever, whatever so, they do. So again, it seems that like taking that time out, the digital detox, disconnecting, taking a break gives mm. you the space to actually reconnect with what does really matter. Yeah. Because otherwise there's all of this just constant intrusions Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I do. I also think it takes a few days to actually get rid of that. Like it's not like you're putting your phone away and it will come to you because I think we are so um, used to pick that mm. phone up. So I think it takes a little while to actually really remove ourselves. And um, and I, I always find going for walks um, and um, spending time in nature and alone time because mm. that's one of my favorite things to do. I love my family. I love being around people, but you have to spend some time alone to really get to know yourself. I deactivated my Facebook account once for 30 days yeah. and probably unsurprisingly, I missed nothing. Yeah. You soon realize that you miss nothing yeah. and yet we so compulsively feel, you know, check it just to fill the empty yeah. moments. It's a good exercise, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Christina, so I think that we all would love to live a life, you know, that we feel passionately about to ha have a sense that our life has meaning and purpose. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people don't ever achieve that or they don't feel that way. In your experience, um, and you know, you've met a lot of people touring around with this book too, I'm sure, yeah. and heard lots of stories. Do you think that everybody has the potential to live a life of their dreams? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but you actually have to take some time to work out what that is because what my dream life is, is not the same as yours. So we really have to really tune in and see what it is for us. And the reason why I actually wrote the book was because I do a lot of talking around the world and, um, and I talk about my story and I talk a lot about, you know, you know, taking time to dream. And then after you always have those people coming up, it's like, where do I start? Mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, what, what, what do I need to do to kind of get there? And we never had um, one product at Kiki K that could actually do the, everything that I do in terms of the dreaming path. Um, so that's why I wrote the book. But I do really believe that everyone can do it, but it's not the same for everyone. So for someone, um, often I feel that people are thinking that they have to start a business or have to climb, climb the ladder or whatever it is uh, in terms of career. But sometimes it's the dreams might be taking a year off or, or work four days a week or, you know, take 
time off when you have young children or even when you don't, you know, because we're so focused on on this career and business or whatever it is. And of course, we need all to make money, but you could do things a little bit differently. And that's why I think we all have to tune into ourselves versus just um, thinking about what other people are doing. And that's why I think a lot of people use, um, a lot of people don't have the self-belief that they could actually live their dream life, but it takes a bit of work to actually work out what that is. And that's why I think um, so many people um, don't do it because they actually don't really know what their dreams are. So I think that's number number one is actually um, uh, take the time to to ask yourself, you know, if you could remove every, you know, every person in your life in terms of not telling you what you can do and not can can do, and you and you knew, for example, that um, that um, if you were to do something that's a little bit out of your comfort zone, and you actually um, could do that, you know, you could have the knowledge and you could have the, you know, the, the resources and all that stuff that needed to, to be around to make it happen, then I think you actually can do it, but you just have to take the time to do it, to, to work out what it is. And to believe, to develop that self-belief. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, when I think about this as a clinical psychologist, I'm obviously very aware that people who have had really, you know, a lot of adversity in their childhood or, you know, um, in a difficult upbringing or trauma or whatever that often really affects their level of self-belief. Yeah. And so in the past, I've been a little bit like, well, you, you know, you have to be compassionate towards yourself and you have to, you know, just somebody telling you that you can just do whatever you want. Often that just makes them feel even more despondent or more like a failure if they find that they can't, you know, if they don't have the impetus. But I also... I think I've turned around a little bit because I think sometimes that that way of thinking can almost enable people's excuses. Mm. And so I think it's really important, you know, as a psychologist, I feel like it's really important that we've got to find that balance between um, understanding where you've come from and that maybe there are blocks and subconscious, you know, there's that pattern of self-sabotage, but everybody also has the capacity to, like the past doesn't have to dictate the future. We all have the capacity to turn that around. And we see that with people who have had the most extraordinarily difficult childhoods and one will use that as an excuse to never achieve their dreams and one will use that as the fuel. Absolutely. I mean, we see that all the time and, you know, even the most, uh, you know, I guess disadvantage in in, in schools um, are sometimes the most, you know, you look at someone like, you know, Richard Branson, for example, I reference him, him in the book because I, you know, he was just dyslectic is that dyslexic, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, you know he look what he has achieved yeah. so so I think a lot of that are excuses but of course you know the, the, the things that everyone goes through and everyone goes through things some very very difficult things and some less so but it's all we all have our issues and we all have True. our things that we actually have to work on and um, I always tr- try to remind people when they say this that they, they don't you know they had you know they you know, didn't have this and that and and I love sharing my story because I, I didn't have any education. I, I, I finished year 12, that's it. And um, I started a business in, my, in a new country, no network, English as a second language. And I'm only sharing that because you don't actually have to know everything. And I was, um, you know, because I also have a podcast and I was talking to Gretchen Rubin and um, she was saying that to her kids that you don't have to be to, um, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. There's a, there's a quote in the book like that. I'm not sure exactly who says it, but we were talking about that. And um, and I think so many people think that they need to be perfect before they start, but actually just doing one little action
action just gets that ball rolling and then you can add to it and and I think you actually have to do the work and and um, and I think that is the the difference between someone who is succeeding and not succeeding in whatever that success means it doesn't mean that you have to start a business it could mean that you know you you become the fittest or the you know the the most present person whatever 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 the, whatever it is but um, there's another thing that I always tell people that um, regardless of their background, regardless how, how difficult it was, at the end of the day, we're only here for a short time on earth. And um, if we realise that, and we are thinking, because one of my dreams is to live to I'm 120, so I'm trying to work out well how done. I'm going to do that. <laughs> but um, even if I get to live a long life, life is pretty short in my view. So at the end of your life, you and only you could make the difference. Yeah, there is. You know, you can you can you can blame and you can you can say, well, I didn't have that and didn't have that. But in the end of the day, we are only in control of ourselves. It doesn't matter what your you know your partner, or parent, or peers are saying because they are not going to be at there. At the, they might be, but they're not going to be the ones who who could have made a difference. So I I think it's such a good reminder to do a bit of work on thinking. You know. Uh, you know, really even adding up to, you know, in my book, I have how, how, work out how many months you have to live. And that is a real... Um, confronting. That is, yeah, it's very confronting. And I actually have a ch- chapter in the book called Life is Short. And um, and I uh, uh, encourage people, and this is not for... And this is difficult for some people, but I encourage people to think if they were to die in three years' time and living continue living the way you're living now in terms of your health and so you can do everything that you want to do, what would you actually change? Because some, sometimes three years is enough to, to do some things that you actually want to do in your life. And it often connects you with your heart versus your head. And I did this exercise once and I love sharing this because um, my son Axel comes with me a lot when I travel. And... Um, and um, we have, you t- I take him out of school a lot. He's only 10 and um, he learns so much and I love it. But we, I was going to Philippines for um, a trip and it was only like a short time. And, and he's, he, he's a Kiki K product. He dreams and he, he um, has a vision board and he loves it. So he said, oh, I just can't wait to go to Philippines. I said, no, you're not going this time because uh, you need to be at school at some stage this year. So you're not coming. And then I did this exercise on the plane up to Sydney uh, just for an hour. I did the exercise in the book um you know what would you do if you knew you would die in three years time and i kept thinking i would actually take axel on this trip so when i landed i called him and said i'm going to take you and he said dreams do really come true but i love sharing that story because sometimes um when you are asking yourself you you know because my head was thinking you know he needs to go to school but if i was to die in three years time i'd rather him remember me having a trip another trip with him and i know that he you know i know that he'll he'll make that education up anyway and education is such a short part of your life anyway so you don't have to focus on that only if there are other things that are also interesting so great story (laughs) so Christina this stationery store that started off with beautiful products for people working from home like now it really has transitioned to like it is a dreaming store isn't it there's vision boards and journals and so has that changed that's changed along the way, I assume, in keeping up with your kind of personal evolution, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So in the beginning, it was all really about, you know, being productive and being the home office and being organized. And we did products all around that. But as I evolved as a person, you actually really started with, um, uh, you know, 
kind of the financial crisis. I've always been really into reading a lot of self-help books to kind of help me being motivated to do what I'm doing. But then when the financial crisis started to happen and I was just so... uh, frustrated by the the um, negativity around me so I read the happiness project by Gretchen Rubin and I loved it and um, I was thinking more people read need to read this and um, and uh, I called her and said hey I love your book but I love to redesign it and I put a Kiki K cover on it so it actually suits our aesthetics and so she said yes so we did a whole um, you know we did her book and then we did a whole range around happiness and um, and that just really became because I felt like there was a need for it. And um, and then, you know, I became very interested in habits and, you know, I love mindfulness and, uh, you know, I'm always set goals and all those things has evolved um, in terms of, of the themes. And um, whatever I'm into at the time is um, is what um, kind of transports into to, um, to business. So I love that. I, I, I'm, I'm so grateful that I found something that I love as much personally as, as I do um, um, work-wise. Yeah, I love that too. I can imagine that you will never get bored. No, and we have always have more ideas than we possibly ever can do, which is a, you know, a n- very nice problem to have. <laughs> the other thing that I really love that you said, Christina, is you mentioned before having Robin Sharma as a mentor and you, you mentioned you know, the people in your life who might hold you back or bring you down. Mm-hmm. And the saying that I love, and in fact, my daughter's school principal just reinforced this at their annual end of year awards night. And I made sure I got in the car and said, did you hear what she said? <laughs> did you? It is, that is that you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So look around you and have a look at who you're surrounding yourself with because you'll only go as far in terms of your goals, uh, your aspirations, your what, whatever you can imagine for yourself or achieve for yourself will be a direct reflection of the five people around you. What do you have to say about that? Oh, I couldn't agree more. I'm so glad we're bringing this up because it's something I feel really passionate about. And I often get that question, but how do I do that? Because some people are surrounded by negative people. And I always go back to, you know, what are your interests and what are your dreams and what are you into? What are your values? And then try to find like-minded people. So for me, for example... Um, my learning is, is you know, I never really read fiction. I Sometimes I do, but very rarely. I, I love reading five books at a time. I get so excited talking about books and learning and what I want to implement in my life. So I started a book group and, um, and I kind of... Um, um, there were so many people I could think about, but I really wanted the people who are really uh, as much interest, interested in their in their self development and and um, biographies and learning from others um, as I was. So I kind of you know I I, uh, I have Dr. Libby yes. who I know is coming on your podcast and um, and um, everyone around me. So it's so 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 important to surround yourself with people who inspire you. And it's the same. I have a, a what I call my fit friends. So one of my my dreams is to become the fittest every year. So every birthday become better and better because often we are thinking that that should be the opposite. But I'm thinking, you know, why not be the fittest every year? Good for you. Yeah, but uh, um, I'm not always succeeding. I'm <laughs> far away from perfect. You've got to aim for something. <laughs> yeah, but I do have a friend who I um, I often take um, uh, advice and suggestions and inspiration from. Um, her name is Rebecca, and she uh, is a person who always exercises wherever she travels. 
as much as I do. And, and often that's, uh, you know, a good excuse to not to do it because you're jet lagged and you are in different hotels and whatever. But she's also a really big inspiration. So whatever whatever people are interested in, in, in who they want to become or what they are into, doesn't mean that they have to strive for bigger, but it could be that, you know, they're into, I don't know, interior or mm. or um, you know nature or whatever it is and really surround yourself with those people and be inspired by that I think it's so important and in terms of mentors because some people say well it's easy for you to know so many people but I didn't actually know anyone and I started to read a lot so today I think it's amazing even more compared to you know when I started you can listen to podcasts so people who who are really difficult to to get to in terms of they might be well known or super have a really super full life um, it's so much access like doing online courses I mean it's just I could do that full time I just love it so I messaged you on Instagram I said, would you come on yeah, my podcast? Yeah, yes, exactly. And yeah. you came straight yeah. back and said, sure. <laughs> At 5.30 in the morning, I came out of my meditation and thought, I think I might ask Christina Carlson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for asking. And, you know, it's um, it's um, the more followers you have, the harder that is because I kind of just opened my uh, – started and opened Instagram this year. So that is becoming harder. But, yes, <laughs> that was really good. You, you got me in a good time because I'm not always as, as – uh, as <laughs> you, you all can't just message Christina on Instagram. <laughs> no, you can, but it's, um, it's hard to... Um, hard, it's to hard to respond to yeah, everybody. Absolutely. It's yeah. hard to respond yeah. to everybody. <laughs> Christina, thank you so much for your time this morning. It's been an absolute pleasure. I think you've shared so much wisdom and I think we will all go away feeling more inspired for, for this conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and thank for all that you do to inspire all us to be living a better life. I don't know about you, but after that conversation, I'm already inspired to dream bigger and better. Christina's book, Your Dream Life Starts Here, is available at all good bookstores, as well as obviously in the Kiki K stores. If you want to be inspired to dream bigger, I would encourage you to buy the book and the accompanying journal, knowing that your purchase is also helping Christina to achieve her dream of donating $101 million to the Terror I Trent Foundation. I've also just released my first Crappy to Happy book. Uh, I'm excited to say that you can order that now. The link is in the show notes or you can visit my website, castdun.com. We love hearing from you. So if you love this show, please give it a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts or get in touch with me personally, hello at castdun.com. In the next episode, I'm talking to Tom Harkin, who is a specialist in helping men redefine masculinity and open up and talk about their feelings. I know it's a topic that's going to be of interest to a lot of you. Crappy to Happy is recorded in the Podcast One studios. Produced by Dave Zwolenski. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. For more episodes and to check out other great podcasts, go to podcastone.com.au or download the app.